Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying, well, let, let's go. You're the lead. Okay, okay, here we go. <laughs> Straight into it. Straight into it. Hello, welcome to Speaking From Water. I'm your host, Sean Rutke. This is episode 27, and it is an extra special episode. We not only have an amazing guest, but we're doing a new format called a beach walk, where we're walking on the beach at sunrise, talking to an extreme legend. Now, this extreme legend is the most hardcore local surfer that I could even fathom talking to right now uh, on this beautiful December morning, December 7th or 8th. Well, it doesn't matter. My guest, Ben Bourgeois. Ben. Good morning. Thanks for the kind words, Sean. Appreciate it. Ben, it's so great to have you here. Um, before we get going, it, it's sunrise. What is the, uh, the aesthetic of water looking like to you this morning? Uh, well, it's a beautiful day out there. I don't think you could ask for a better sunrise. Surf's a little small, but uh, we're used to that, so that's normal. And, uh, yeah, what a day. We are, we are used to that here, but th this is a very special beach, and you've been here your, your entire life, and you've also... I think gone to more beaches than anyone I can even think of. Um, what what's so uh, what's so special about Wrightsville Beach in your mind? Um, wow, it's it's the people really, you know, that, that make this place so special. Uh, it was a great place to grow up. Uh, had a lot of inspiration and uh, a lot of really sh good role models, and um, I think that's what makes it extra special. But Obviously, it's super beautiful. Um, we get clear water, which is like a rare gem on the East Coast, you know, to have just such like beautiful water. And um, well, the waves, see, the waves are really fun. <laughs> that is something that really struck me when I came here was how how clear the water is in Wrightsville, considering, you know, you go to Carolina Beach and it's, it's darker. You go just up to Topsail, the couple islands north of here and it's uh it's darker what why is wrightsville beach so pure uh, i mean it has something to do with the river systems and um you know we don't really have a river that shoots out close by so i think that helps um yeah I mean, i'm sure the currents have a little bit to do with it i mean there are other places on the crystal coast topsail does okay you know get decent water too but here's the most consistent i've never seen a place definitely not North Carolina that has, you know, beautiful water that's consistent. Absolutely. Um, now, you talk about the river, and in, in so many places around the world that I'm sure you've been to, the, the river is the thing that, that delivers the water, obviously, to the ocean, but it also delivers uh, pollution. And I know you're doing a lot of work in, in cleaning up the oceans and can you kind of speak to how that whole process works for people who might not understand uh, how trash gets into our ocean? Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of third world countries, um, you know, they they dispose a lot of their waste into the rivers because um, it's so accessible. Uh, there's no, you know, they don't have there's no trash pickup on uh, Monday and Friday or anything like that, and um, there's really nowhere to dispose. Uh, all their trash so it, a lot of it ends up in the river and uh, all the rivers empty into the sea and then you get um, yeah all that waste into the ocean and then the waves wash it up on the beach and 
it's just this uh, toxic cycle. So, so there's a few parts to the problem. It's disposable. It's the it's how you get the stuff uh, disposed of, and then the stuff that actually comes in um, that makes the the packaging. And I know right now you're really involved with uh, an amazing group that takes packaging and makes it more biodegradable. Can you speak a little little bit about um, a New Earth project and what you're doing with them? Yeah, um, a New Earth project's amazing. Uh, It's it's sustainable packaging solutions. So, um, you know, they're they're coming up with incredible materials and stuff that are sustainable and earth-friendly and uh, all that good stuff and, and trying to really just change the way that the industry, you know, packages goods. Uh, you know, starting specifically in the surf industry and the outdoor world, um, because we believe that you know surfers and outdoorsmen ha- really understand how important this this problem is, and uh, I think we can you know lead lead the way. You know, it's kind of like we can lead the charge in uh, creating a solution for the problem. So, for instance, like I saw a post you made last night. You got a new surfboard. And typically, when people get surfboards shipped to them, they're full, they're full of uh, foam and stuff that's not biodegradable. What what was it um, that that you unpacked last night? Uh, yeah, I just got a you know a, a single uh, normal shortboard in, in the in the mail, and um, which is something that you know everyday surfboards are being shipped all around the world, all over the USA. Um, and yeah, even when you get one board sent to you. Um, it's generally packed with bubble wrap and, and styrofoam and all this toxic material. Well, New Earth Project has a, uh, a great program where it's, uh, there's zero plastic. <laughs> Everything's curbside recyclable. Um, all the way down to the tape that's on the box. Um, yeah, there's, there's no plastic at all. Um, it, it's, a, it's an incredible product. Uh, the boards don't get damaged. And, uh, yeah, more and more companies in the surf industry, uh, some of the biggest surfboard manufacturers in the world are starting to use it more and more now. So it's, uh, yeah, starting to take off and gain a lot of traction. So do you see a day when, say, a Toshiba TV from Japan might be uh, shipped with this kind of packaging? Uh, 100%. Um, I, I really think it's the, it's the, it's the only way uh, to move forward, you know, is to... Uh, to start using these products for sure. I mean, I, I would love to see the day that you know all of our Amazon goods are coming, you know, with no plastic. And I think it's it's totally it's totally achievable. There. Now, now, Ben, let's uh, let's can we turn back the clock a little bit? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you I like turning back the clock. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let's turn this clock back. And uh, you you were originally born in uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. Is that right? Well, Atlantic City. Atlantic City. If you City, want to okay. get to the yeah, Atlantic City, uh, that's where I was so, born. So, what what are your earliest memories of of the beach? Um, my earliest memories of the beach, honestly, were, were in North Carolina mostly because uh, I my family had a vacation condo in Emerald Isle, and there's actually a couple photos of me, and that's like where I rode my very first waves. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Emerald Isle and did a lot of surfing in that Crystal Coast area when I was a teeny. I'm talking like this is like three, four years old and five years old. Um, but uh, and the water's so cold in New Jersey. I, you know, I did do a little bit of surfing there with my uncles and cousins when I was a, a kid too. Uh, when we spent some time, uh, but I 
you know, moved here at such a young age. Uh, that most of my, most of my uh, surfing memories and everything is from here in Wrightsville Beach and Emerald Isle. But um, how old were you when you moved here? I think I was five years old. Five years old. Okay. Yeah, I went to uh, Wrightsville Beach Elementary and all that stuff. So this is kind of what uh, you know, being here in the warmer weather and everything. This really like. I got to surf a lot more here. <laughs> and and I was reading you won your first contest at age six. Yeah. So you, you started competitive surfing really from the beginning. What, what was it about um, competition that really got you going or did, did your parents get you into it? How did that how did that work? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had um, uncles and cousins that surfed, you know. And I think just uh, that sort of beach culture was always in my family. We liked to spend a lot of time at the beach in the summers. And, um, yeah, it was just always a part of our lives going to the beach. I don't know. There was, there was boards laying around and, you know, uh, me and my cousin and some others would share the same wetsuit and, uh, you know, if the water was cold and yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just something that, that, that definitely like caught my eye when I was really young. It, it didn't have to be a surfboard. It was either a surfboard or a skateboard. Like I didn't look at like a bicycle or a football or, a, uh, you know, like baseball or, or anything like that. It was just like boards. I mean, I used to sleep with my skateboard. I have photos of me when I was like, you know, like three years old, like sleeping with a skateboard. I just, I don't know, something. <laughs> I think it was kind of meant to be. And um, yeah, I just was born with it somehow. <laughs> do, do, do you remember that first um, competition that you did? Um, yeah, I do. I actually have a photo of it. Um, I don't think I won that first contest. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but right. I was in the, you know, it was just like a mini hoonie heat. Um, and that was in Ocean City, New Jersey. I actually have a photo of me running out. Um, I'll send it to you. But, yeah, um, yeah. It's a pretty classic, uh, classic picture. I'm wearing this giant wetsuit and I've got my little board. And uh, yeah, that was, that was the first event I ever saw. <laughs> Would you say that that was the birth of your competitive spirit? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, you know, maybe I get, obviously I had I had a good time and I loved it because I kept kept doing more events and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I just like really really enjoyed surfing, you know. And I think the contest just kind of came natural because like the rest of the surf community was doing them. Yeah. Back then, and it was just like a, a good fun beach day get together with a bunch of other surfers. So was this kind of the start of of the whole competition? Uh, lifestyle because i mean from what i've read the 80s weren't really organized so to speak is that is that do i have that right yeah, or yeah, yeah you do i mean it was uh it, it was just more it was loose you know it was a little more loose and more like a, a fun beach day party slash contest i, I feel like you know um, i don't know i the, the whole like competitive side of surfing is is an interesting topic because i i really like uh I just love to surf, you know. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not like, and I did uh, get some success from competing, but it's not everything to me at all. Like my all my my greatest achievements really aren't from any like I, I don't like put those on a pedestal. Like any contest wins and oh won this won that. Like those don't even cross my mind. I don't really keep I don't keep trophies on display. I, I gave most of my stuff away. Like I don't. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> for, for those of you listening who don't who don't know um, Ben's history, he has a laundry list of, of wins, 
And it, it's it, it incredible because if, if you didn't know Ben and you looked at these wins, you'd say, wow, this guy is like one of the most competitive people on paper. And, um, and to, to, hear, to hear that's very interesting. Uh, can, can we dive a little deeper into that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess. Well, here's, here's my question. Yeah. I, here's, here's what I want to like. Let, let's st- stick with this time period because uh, I find this in the macro sense of surfing history so interesting. Like you grew up in a period with the greats, the Taylor Knoxes, the C.J. Hopgoods. Like you all were of the same generation. And, um, and you, you all have gone on to do great things. But, like, I remember growing up in D.C., like, not even really knowing the beach culture, but figuring it out through Surfer Magazine and watching you guys through it. And, first of all, it's very inspiring. So thank you for that. And, like, you, you had this opportunity and you did these things. And then you went on to, like, say, in your 30s, like, peace out, I'm over it. And um, like, what what was it? What was that about? Like, what led uh, you to say, "Hey, I'm yeah. I'm over this." Yeah, that that was an easy decision for me. Honestly, it wasn't like something I dwelled on or, or like battled in my mind. I like I knew I was done. You know, like I didn't I didn't want to compete anymore. I, I don't think I was ever like the greatest competitor or really really competitive. I didn't have like that um, really like heavy competitive drive like some guys I think my like passion for surfing was where I you know kind of got my drive from um and I was able to to compete that way but um yeah there was like a point I think it was like my last year on tour in 2008 and I was at Bell's Beach and I just like I remember driving to the airport to fly out of there I didn't do very good in the contest which was fine it wasn't like that was bumming me out I was just like I'm done I know I'm not going to do it next year regardless of if I requalify or not, like I just, I just, I don't know. I just want to. Tra- I love to. I, I love to travel and surf. You know, like it was a happy moment. Like I drove to the airport and I was stoked. Like even though I was like, oh, this is it. Like I'm done after this year. You know, and it wasn't that I just quit competing. I still competed in select events. Oh, nice jam. I still kept, still kept competing in select events, but I knew that I was kind of moving on. And that felt really good. I, I was content. Like, I, I, uh, I was very, I don't know, just stoked and, and happy with how I did. And, yeah, it wasn't, it was never, it was never, it never left, left a bad taste in my mouth. And I never, I never let that drag me down or anything like that. And I just started doing what I wanted to do. And that was just, like, hit the road. And I just wanted to travel and go and surf and see new places, meet new people, and just continue that, which was what I was already doing, but... Uh, yeah, the, the the competitive scene was definitely not 100% for me. Interesting. So you, you, you spent, though, a majority of your life in that scene. Was There must have been a point, though, where you, you did love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I always loved it, you know? Like, uh, I, and I, I, it was mainly just because I had such good friends, you know, that I, that I uh, had around the world, you know, whether they were competitors or locals in different spots, families. I used to stay with like different families uh, on the road and, and then they become like family, you know? So I think that's what I love the most was uh, just all the friends and, and people I met along the way. Um, but the actual competition itself, you know, uh, probably wasn't my favorite part. Understand, so the competition was the thing that got you there, but it was all the stuff surrounding the competition that you loved. And that's why you stuck with the competitions. 100%. I understand. <laughs> you 
incredible. Um, let's let's kick it back to back to that beginning time. Uh, there, there's a, a, a local guy that you're really good friends with. I was reading, and I I became a good acquaintance with. And he's a, an amazing guy like yourself, Mark Hunt. Yeah. And he, to this day, I still I can spot him a mile away because he rips so hard. He, and uh, how was how was growing up with um, with people like Mark as far as like progressing your style and finding like your 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 sense of style? Oh, I mean that was like Mark was a major inspiration. You know, one of my best friends and uh, just such a raw talent. You know, I mean he could take a board from under your house and and just rip it. You know. He just had so much natural talent it was unreal so uh, it was great having mark around when we were in our younger ages just to you know feed off each other and and push each other um, and there was a long list of others too you know that that came from this area and from cb and, and do we, do we shout any out oh man there's like it's such a long list yeah you know, okay that uh <laughs> we'd be on here for an hour i got long. you honestly, yeah honestly there really is a lot of people that i uh drew inspiration from around here um, even if it, they didn't have to be the, the gnarliest ripper, you know, and like stuff like that, it could have just been like the way they held themselves and, you know, the way they moved through life. Like you could say like a Will Allison or something like that. Like he was like this mystic, he had a little bit of a mystic to him, you know, Absolutely. Like, he's, Legend. he still paddles to Masonboro. Like he doesn't have, you know, like he yep. doesn't ride a boat, like. Um, and he would always go solo or with one person and just like kind of like really low profile, but always pick off the good waves. It's just like, I don't know, the way he held himself was uh, really inspiring. And then, um, yeah, just all the all the other, like I said, there's just there's too many to name, you know, and I don't want to leave people out, but um, there's just a boatload of uh, talent and, and really good people from here. Well, well let's talk about style, because you have style in spades. You, first time I ever saw you surfing, my, my mind exploded. Like, how did you develop your style, and how did you stick with it and hone it down, and and uh, how how did you get the inspiration to do do the thing you do? I think, uh, well, the style part is like something you're naturally born with, you know, and then, uh, but obviously you can uh, you can really work on that, you know, and refine your style. Um, but I I was just a I mean, all I watched was surf videos, you know all I watched, you know, even before VCR came out, the beta, yeah. I had uh, Beyond Blazing Boards, and that's, I watched it till the tape broke, and then I got another one, and I t- broke that tape, and then I would watch um, all the classics, you know, like all the Billabong Pump movies, Surf in the Summer, uh, that's all I watched, I didn't watch cartoons, you know, like I was just, a, <laughs> I just honed in on, on, uh, on Tom Curran, Mark Acalupo and Jason Buttonshaw. I mean, it's just like all the greats, and I just like would mimic them, and then I would go and surf, and I would just try to surf like Curran. I just wanted to, you know, it wasn't like I was copying his style, but I think I just, I just really, really enjoyed his surfing so much that it kind of wore off into me. But I also would, my mom would videotape me all the time with a whole VHS camera on her shoulder. Yeah. Like anybody that grew up here that knows me knows that my mom was always on the beach videoing me. And uh, I would, the first thing I would do when I got, I couldn't get home fast enough to put the tape in and watch my sessions in old school style, like stop, pause, rewind, stop, pause, rewind. And I would break those tapes from replaying them so much. And I would watch them for hours and hours and hours. And, and not, and it's because I loved it. 
you know? Like, I, I absolutely love, like, working on my surfing. So I think that's where it, uh, that's where it came from. Yeah, there's an old saying, champions watch game footage. And it's, it, I think they got that from football, but it sounds like uh, you, you, you got that in surfing too. And um, what, what, one adjective that really comes to mind when, when one watches you surf is flow. How, how do you maintain this sense of flow uh, on a wave? Because a lot of, you know, um, like I'll be out there bumbling around and like, I get ahead of myself or like what, what is, what is the, uh, the process in your mind when you're going down a wave? Um, well, I, I think the most important thing is to, you, you got to kind of let it happen. But the, the most thing, you know, it's interesting because most people think surfing, it's all about like all oh, your physical fitness and you need to be like, you know, it's all about once you stand up, but there's so much that goes into like finding that wave and reading the ocean and trusting your instincts like trusting your instincts the most important thing in surfing because you're looking out there at sea and you have all these different lumps right and you have to be able to trust your instincts to know to, to paddle to the right to paddle to the left and um it's like you, you really need to have this connection with nature and i do believe i have a really strong connection with nature and i know when to just uh let my uh intuition take over and I shut my mind down, and it did, I just let it let it happen, you know. Can, can you speak to that connection to nature and how you developed it? Um, I think I just, as a kid, I just, I mean, I I played outside every day, you know. I didn't, I wasn't like a kid behind the TV. It was like, you know, the, waiting for the, the sun to go down and the dinner bells ringing, and I'm still out there, you know. I just love being outdoors, and um, obviously love being in the ocean, and I would spend my entire day till it got dark in the ocean you know um so i think that's where i that's where i got that connection and that relationship how how did you keep that that stoke over time and in second part of that question was there ever moments or, or time periods where you you lost some of that um yeah i mean i, I think i, I mean i, I yeah, I definitely lost it <laughs> at times, you know, where I just, I just, uh, Did you spin it, spin it. We can do this. No, nah, dude. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Yeah, man. This is the first time using it. one of those. That's that's like next level selfie cam. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Before we go on, this might be a whole new thing. I don't know. Here we go. There we go. We're going vertical. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we're in the Yeah, there's a little wave. So we're, we're back at it. The, the question is, what what was it for your connection to nature? And, and has there been periods where it ebbed and flowed? Maybe sometimes you're just like pinpoint on it. And maybe there's periods of your life where you were um, distant 
and kind of keep talking about that because I think that's yeah. a, a relatable subject. I mean, I, I think it's hard to um, be completely, you know, connected your whole life, you know, without <laughs> uh, without uh, losing some, you know, going through something that, that might pull you away at times, you know. But uh, yeah, I think I just, I don't know, at some point just kind of got burnt out, I guess, not necessarily on surfing, but my body was hurting, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I lost, I lost that kind of spark, and it, I, I wasn't, like, so grateful for it, and, like, you know, it's just, it's just kind of, I don't know, go through, is this, should I still be talking, or are we... Sorry. Yeah, no, no, let me let me let me re, re I mean, it's an all audio program, but we're, we'll put this on YouTube. There we go. There we go. Can you lock it? Um there it goes. Yeah. And like full full this bro, bro, full disclosure, like twenty minutes before you showed up, I was in the car, like I couldn't figure out the audio. So we're uh, we're doing well. But um I'm sorry, back to what you were saying about connection with nature connection with nature um yeah I, I i can't i can't say that i've just always been connected and i'm this perfect being that's like you know uh no that's not true um yeah i definitely went through a period of time probably more than one that i was just kind of over it you know yeah and i was like forcing myself to surf just to like check the box of like all right i did something today i went and surfed you know and it just felt ugly <laughs> just didn't it wasn't I wasn't having fun and and my body hurt and I just wasn't grateful to even be out there you know so yeah I'm happy to turn that one around now I'm like today it's I mean it's like one foot out there and I'm like uh, I didn't bring my board down to the beach today like get me out there <laughs> so so how how does one get out of a rut like that uh, I mean I think in many ways for me personally, it was just like I had to make some lifestyle changes and start taking care of myself and uh, getting my my body and my mind, my mind, body and soul, uh, you know, all balanced because um, I was off. And and then, yeah, once I started taking care of myself and, and my body started feeling good again, I mean, there was a point where, like, I couldn't even, like, have a surf session without taking four Advil because everything hurts so bad, you know? Like, I just, yeah, it just sucked, you know? So, so where, where did that come from? Um, I think it was just, I, I like, I, I wasn't taking care of myself at all. I was just, like, unhealthy, bad lifestyle choices. Um, it's a number of things, really, you know? And that, that affected me not just physically but mentally. And it just, yeah, I was just in a, in a weird space, but I kind of needed to go through that to, I did, I needed to go through it to um, get back, you know, that, that like what, what it's really all about and, and just the gratitude now that I have. And like, I have more fun surfing now than ever, by far, my whole life, you know, even when I was a grom, like I'm more grommed out now than I was back then, you know, um, so yeah, I just, yeah, it, it, it took me some time. I didn't just, like, bounce up one day and, like, all right, I'm back. Boom, cool, everything's good, you know? It took me some years to, to like, get my body back, really, because I was, like, my, my surfing was, like, going down 
like a sinking ship. I was like, my pop-up hurt. I couldn't, like, everything was just like, everything hurt just to get through a session, you know? Um, and now my my body feels great. Uh, my mind's clear. And I'm healthy. I'm really healthy, healthier than I've ever been. So that, that, translate in, that translates into having an incredible experience in the ocean, you know? If you go out in the ocean and you bring your baggage from land into the ocean, it's just going to translate into your surfing, you know? You can't, you can't be, like, you know, doing bad things and going through hard times on land and then go out in the ocean and think it's just going to disappear. It can definitely help, you know? It's very therapeutic, but at the same time, like, you got to be taking care of yourself, and then that definitely translates into uh, a lot of enjoyment in the water where you don't want to get out of the water again, just like when you were a kid. <laughs> so look, looking back on these t- tough times, was it was it kind of self-induced or was it situational stuff that, that was out of your control? Or how, because I think I think this is extremely relatable to people. Um, yeah. Like, how, 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 how did you recognize, again, I guess it was because your surfing was going down and you felt that, that you needed to have a change. But like, what, what was it that... Um, finally you were like I gotta I gotta do something and then how did you know what that something was yeah I I would say geez this is, this is a big topic you know but it's it's a good one um, a lot of it was self-induced I, I did a lot of self-induced things to affect that but also you know like I I, I don't know the way I grew up was like I never never like talked about feelings and love and these things so I, I packed a lot of stuff on that I never dealt with you know so I like I, I packed in a lot of like issues and problems and traumas and whatever but I never released them so over time you know late into my 30s and then not taking care of myself all that stuff like creeps up you know it's got to go somewhere you can't just pack something in the back of your head think oh I'm never gonna I'm never gonna worry about that one again that's gone I'm just gonna put that in this far corner of my mind, you know, you can't, <laughs> it's, it's going to come back and haunt you, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's multiple things, but a lot of it was, uh, you know, uh, self-induced for sure. And then all that stuff was weighing on me. And then I started drinking way too much and it just pulled me down, you know, it pulled me way down. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, a lot of people go through it, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't look at it as a negative thing at all, like, at all, like, it's like, I know it was my life path, like, I had to, sometimes you got to go through the trenches, you know, and, uh, then you, you come out much better on the other end if you can, if you can fight through it, you know, and, I don't know. How, how did you know what to do to get out of it, and then what did you do? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, um... I think I got to a point where I knew I had to make some big changes, you know, but my ego is in control. You know, your ego's in control of those things and your ego wants to just tell you, oh no, you'll be fine. Man up, work harder, do this. You'll be fine. You can, you can quit drinking tomorrow. Oh, I can definitely quit for a year. Oh, I can do this. I, that's just ego. You know, my ego is totally in control and it's like, People think when you talk about ego, it's like, oh, ego, that guy's got such a big ego and you're cocky and all these things. That That's not just 
that that's yeah that's egotistical and all those things too but the egos also can get in control of how you take care of yourself you know and mine was just like running the show of like no you'll be fine no get up work harder try you know drink more do this you can no you can quit next week like you're fine you can have you know it's just like all these things and i i had to shatter that <laughs> and um that's not easy you know i i, I don't know i took a, a i wouldn't say a different route at doing that and i didn't i don't know it was really hard because i i didn't know how to ask for help i didn't like go to AA meetings to battle my drinking problem. I, I, I took like a totally different natural approach and um, it worked. <laughs> but I don't want to, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a totally different subject, you know. And some people Would you want, like to go there? Super open to it. I, I could go there. I don't know. Think about that one. All I, right. I don't mind telling you about Okay, yeah. I, 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 I understand. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, the last episode we had Wes Carter on the program, and yeah. he alluded to the same uh, same thing that he kind of went through in his life. And it, it, the, you guys had very similar stories, and I just found that very um, impelling, or it, it, it just it hit me really hard. Yeah. Um, he he did have a question for you because you okay. we were at a party a couple weeks ago, and I I said we were, I was going to talk to Wes, and he said, and, you, and I said to you, well, like, what is it that you would like to ask Wes, and okay. uh, and he, he had a great response to your question. But he had a question for you, and he said, "What what is uh, most important in life?" And and that's that's his question. Uh, what is most important in life? What is most important in life would be life itself. <laughs> the greatest gift is life, you know. So that's what you you know. That's the most important thing to me is living a, a pure, healthy, clean life nowadays. You know. Um, I think it's just, you know, not only does it put your your mind at peace, but it also, you know, you're, you're spreading this positive light out to the rest of the world, you know, when you realize that life is the biggest, greatest gift, you know. Um, so I guess that's my answer to that question. Well, how, how did you come to terms with that and did you always believe that? No, I, I honestly, there's... You know, I, I, I didn't always believe that. I don't know what I, I was just clouded, foggy, you know. Um, but, yeah, like I said, you know, when I turned things around and I, I did a lot of, shattered my ego, had what they call an ego death. Yep. Which was um, the most profound experience of my entire life was <laughs> breaking that down, you know. And then um, after that, I, I, I kept, I kept. That was, you know, I crawled back and day by day, I got like a little bit better. This wasn't some, I didn't take some magic pill and things happened overnight. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm good. I'm clean. I'm, I'm sober. I'm this, I'm that. No, I, I had to like really, uh, I had to really fight, you know, every day. Um, and every day I would see a little improvement, like enough that I could see this like flip of light at the very, very end of the tunnel that would like, you know, and then that light would get a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. And I just like stuck to the, stuck to the plan, you know, and I didn't, I didn't fall off, um, which is what a lot of people do. And, uh, yeah, I just, I was able to stay, stay on the path and I, and I just worked at it every day and I started seeing little improvements by the week, little improvements more by month and then a year. And I was like, Whoa, that was a, 
that was a pretty successful year. Maybe not on paper, maybe not what the, you know, people saw on social media or what the world thought, you know, but for me personally, it was like, well, that was like the biggest achievement of my life, you know, and then it just kept going. Then I got to like a two year mark where I just been trying, I've been working so hard on myself, you know, um, and then I just knew like, so I'm, I'm a little off, you know, I'm not, something's not right. I have been doing all the work. I've been doing, I've been trying so hard. And then um, I ran into Wes. I saw Wes and uh, I had kind of been watching him from a distance, you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, man, he really like, he did something, you know, like he, he really changed his life around in a very positive way. But he didn't even have to say anything to me. I just knew that he, I, I, I don't know, man, because he wasn't like this before we, we were never really close friends you know we grew up in the same place and, and this and that but we had like different lives you know different lifestyles and um i knew i knew what what he had been you know what he, what he was like and and the way he was living and then i saw he did like he did a complete turnaround you know and he started a new earth project and he was just doing all this positive work and the way he was speaking uh inspired me you know, the words that were coming out of his mouth were just like, whoa, like caught me, you know? And I was like, I gotta talk to this guy, but I didn't know exactly how to approach him, you know? <laughs> so we got together and we talked about other things, you know? Other things and at the end of our conversation. I just asked him, I said, hey man, like, what? how did you do it? Like, <laughs> like what, what's going on here, you know? And uh, he just gave me some, like, really great advice. And uh, that kind of started our, our friendship know right there because he uh yeah he just really he really like stepped in for me you know and helped me a lot and, and it really then after that it was like whew, I connected with him and and I realized that man even though I had been doing all that work on myself for two years and I quit drinking and I I man I stopped taking Advil I I cleaned up my everything I was still being really hard on myself like I was still beating myself yeah, what down. does that mean Beating myself down means that, like, I was like, come on, you're not, like, in my head, my ego still was like, you're not good enough, work harder, run another mile, like, I was just, I, I've always been like that with myself, like, even back in, you're saying, like, talking about my competitive days that we were talking about and all that, it was like, I was never good enough, like, even if I won some contests, I never, like, that was great and everything, but it was always like, what's next, how can I do better, how can I, that, that, like, I never really, like, celebrated myself. I had zero self-love. Zero. I was never proud of myself once. Ever. Ever. Until I was about, like, <laughs> what, 40, I don't know, maybe like 40-something years old. For the first time in my life, I actually felt, I had the feeling that I was proud of myself. And that I didn't even understand it. So it's really hard for people to understand that, but that's just the way I was, you know? Like, I was just wired this way to, like... I was just extremely brutal on myself. Um, just by my mind, just going, go harder, work harder, you're not good enough. You know, that wasn't a good turn. You're like, I don't know, it, it became, it morphed into that. You know, it wasn't always like that when I was a kid, but it, it ended up morphing into that. And it was a very toxic cycle to be in. And it all caught up to me, you know? So. Do you think the competition nurtured that? Um, I mean, I, I think it's just a number of things, you know? I don't think you can put like, pinpoint pinpoint exactly where that came from um but i don't know it just it was just 
something that was embedded in me and and i just i just operated that way you know so even when i when i started when i cleaned myself up and i was doing all this work i was still in a way being very competitive with, with myself i turned like this like you know getting sober and clean lifestyle almost into a competition where i was still like you should be you know like you're not feeling good enough all right like keep grinding keep you know like it was it was just this it was toxic i never i never celebrated it you know i never took the time to sit back and go wow man like i've done a lot you know i've i've, I've achieved a lot you know and i oh i've done you know like i just I, I just didn't know how to do that so that took me you know some time to figure that one out <laughs> and then uh and that's just such a huge part of life you know you got you got to treat yourself right. You got to be proud of yourself. You got to take time to love yourself. You know, but if you don't have self love. You got you can't love anything. You know, you can fake it, but it's not real. You know, until you actually love yourself and be proud of yourself and be totally one hundred percent confident in your own skin. Well, then, thank you for opening up because I. I Personally, that hits home on a lot of notes. I'm sure those listening, it, it hits it hits home. And um, now, now you are where you are. How how, how does it feel? And, and um, how does it feel? Oh wow, it feels. I mean, it feels amazing. I just, and I just have a lot of a lot of gratitude. What, what do you do to yeah. keep it up? And, and is it like, okay, I crossed that finish line, or is it like a, a daily uh, a daily process? Do you have, do you have a process? I practice every day. I mean, it's just practice, 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 practice. You know, like I had to, like, forgive myself, you know? Like, forgiveness is huge, you know? I had to go through the, I, it's just like, every day I have mantras that I just run through my mind. And it's like, you know, it's like, uh, I love you, Ben. I'm sorry, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Like, I, I have to, like, constantly work at it, you know, to uh, to stay on track. It's, but but I love doing it, you know. And um, Do you start your day with this? My day starts, yeah, with, 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 you know, I just constantly, I have so much material that I, I go through in a day um, just to stay on track and, and make sure that, I am practicing self-love and that I'm proud of myself and um, I'm celebrating my small victories, you know, like I'll celebrate this walk with you um, and, just, and just enjoying, you know, the simple things like this beach walk. I love doing this, you know, this makes me so happy. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, I just have a, a very... Just a, a ton of gratitude for all things in life, you know? <laughs> and especially being in the ocean. Surfing now is like, man, it's so much fun, you know? I just have so much fun. It doesn't matter where I'm at, what time of day, what time of the year, wetsuit, no wetsuit, it doesn't matter. Like, every every little session to me is like, I could be surfing a one-foot day, and it's just as fun as a six to eight-foot perfect day. I'm good. I'm stoked. And that's all that matters. Uh, so, on that on that note, like, what what is it when you're out there on the one foot day that you draw as, as much inspiration in the moment as the eight foot day? Because you've been through it all, you've traveled everywhere, and and like, are, like, 
what is it in that present moment that you do to the brain? To the brain? Um, now it just it just all comes naturally because I I've taken care of myself, you know, mentally, physically. It's just like uh, I totally, you know, was able to, to switch that, you know, take those the, all those nasty <laughs> modes that I was in in my head and being able to reverse those. And now it just it just comes naturally. It's not something that's forced. It's not something that I'm. I'm putting on a show or, or anything like that. It's just, it's my true self. My true self is just coming out now, slowly. It's still not all the way out, you know? Like I said, I, I have to work on these things every day. But um, that's it. I'm finally at this stage in my life where I can be my true self. And that is so liberating. It feels so good. That, yeah, that's it. Did, did, did you develop these mechanisms or did you find them through, uh, through a, a resource? Yeah, I, I found, I mean, I started, you know, when I was like going through tough times, I started reaching out to, to friends that um, I knew, like, um, you know, like guys I was on tour with and stuff like that, that I knew went through really tough times, you know? When, you know, everyone goes through something. It doesn't matter who you are how rich you are, what, how you grew up, you know, all those things people go through, everybody goes through something that's traumatic, you know, and, and whether it's self-induced or not, but um, I knew some guys that had been through some really tough stuff, and I'd seen them switch it around, so I just picked up the phone, started asking questions, you know, like, what did you do, how did you do it, you know, and then I'd get some information there, and I would just... Yeah, I talked to a couple really close friends and um, took their advice on, on a few things, you know. I, di I didn't take everyone's advice. I just, whatever kind of resonated with me, I, I kind of grabbed that. But I had a couple really close friends I reached out to, Wes being one of them, uh, being a real major key there. Um, and it, it just it just it changed my whole life, you know, just by asking a few questions, reaching, reaching out. Uh, I guess that was my way to, to reach for help was just, you know, simple conversation with uh, some really close, close friends who I respect. And, um, yeah, it's just, that, that's, that's where I got my, my route. <laughs> if you could give one key, key bit of advice as far as, like, a, a thing that someone could do today, what would it be? Um, well, I would say it would be you have to know. You have to know that we all have it inside of us to heal anything. No matter what, no matter what you're going through, there is a way out of it. You know, you just have to know that that, that every single human being has it within themselves to heal and to change. And you, you can do it. You know, you just can't. You can never give up because there's so many people just throw in the towel. Oh, um. I'm cursed, or I'm. That's not. No, that, that that doesn't exist. You know, I'm cursed. I'm. I had this. Oh, my family did this to me, or I did this. I'll never come back. It's like no, you can. You can come back from anything. Anything. Nothing's impossible. Nothing. Not. not nothing. Whether it's an illness, a mental disease, you name it. Some major tragic incident. You you have it within yourself to overcome any obstacle. Beautiful. And I know that. <laughs> and I've seen people, I mean, not just myself, but I've, I've seen people overcome stuff that, you know, it's like most people, they just, they don't believe. They don't believe it, you know? 
I've seen it and I've talked to a lot of people now and uh, have a lot of great friends that have overcome, you know, massive, massive obstacles. How, how key was the ocean in this whole healing process? And what is it about the ocean uh, that you can verbalize that, that is so key? Um, yeah, the, the ocean's been, I mean, so key, you know, like even in my, you could say my toughest times or whatever, I still would get in the ocean, you know, and, and I would, there would be something there. Like I would feel a little bit of peace, a little bit of clarity. Something would always come back to me. I would find that little piece of my true self when I was in the ocean, disconnected from everything, my mind. You know, there, there would always be, it would give me this little glimpse of like, uh, of, of, of hope, you know? So the, the ocean was definitely key, especially when I was like, you know, more of like a recovery stage. Um, I just, I would just spend a lot of time in the ocean, you know? Even if it was just floating, it wasn't like I'm out there trying to rip, you know? like not always out there just like trying to kill every wave and, and rip and grind and uh, like oh man no no it's like more of just like calming completely the, the best thing about surfing is that you have no attachments when you're in the water no phone no you know everything's left on the shore and you can actually calm your mind you know especially when you're up and riding a wave the mind shuts down you know and that's when your intuition and everything takes over and man, just that, that is so therapeutic. Getting your mind to just completely shut off and zero thoughts is the best thing you can do for your health. Incredible. Now, for someone listening who doesn't have access to the ocean, what, what do you think they, they can do? Um, well, yeah, if you don't have access to the ocean, a uh, swimming pool is great. And you know all about that, Sean. I do, I do. Yep. Um, that's a great place to, um, you know, calm the mind and, and get a get some nice therapy in. Uh, I'm also a fan of uh, float tanks. Uh, there's a ton of, I mean, everywhere has, you know, these new spas now with like saunas, float tanks, cold, you know, cryo and cold baths and all that stuff. Um, I do like ice baths. That's another one that it's, it's like, it's such a mental hurdle that you really have to learn how to calm your mind because it's your mind that takes over send your body the message of like get me the hell out of here you know so ice baths are big um i also yeah like the float tanks i think are really nice too because you can actually lay in water and just go completely weightless which is awesome because you completely can shut down there too um, which is really therapeutic um the salt's really good for your skin and your muscles and recovery and all that stuff um yeah, that's, you know, if, if you're trying to emulate the ocean and you live inland, I think those are two, two good things. They come to mind. Can you spin it back? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if we can do this again. Well. So. Give me one second. Pause.
coming back. Now, before we, we wrap things up here, I, I gotta I gotta ask more like travel questions. Is that is that cool? Sure, I love talking about travel. So you, you really have been like everywhere. Um, some of your most like amazing destinations that I know about are your trips to Barbados. I remember being I think like. 11 or 12 and seeing you in this surf video I forget the name of it but I watched it like a thousand times um, maybe it was Poor Spectrum I, I don't I can't remember you it was a Carolina video there's Outer Banks in it and you were in Barbados very early yeah. um, let, let, let's can you say something about Bathsheba and and your time in Barbados oh wow I, I mean I, I love Barbados um, you know I, I wish I could I wish I could spend more time there and I, I'm definitely due for a trip but um yeah, I just, I mean, soup bowls is, you know, to me, it's one of the best waves on earth. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's just the way that that reef is shaped. It, it's such a special little pocket of the world um, to me. I have a lot of great friends in Barbados. I love the local crew there in Bathsheba. It's one of a kind. Um, they're so authentic and, and true to who they are. Uh, it's like... It's unreal. You know, you talk about people, we were talking about being our true self. It's like, go to Bathsheba and hang with the local boys. And they're, they are as real as it gets. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's something, there's something special. You know, there's like a natural mystic in the air there for sure in Bathsheba. Um, and that wave is just like, you know, I mean, Kelly, Kelly Slater says it's, you know, one of his favorite waves on the planet. Um, he's a freak out there, but uh, it, it really is. It's like it's definitely one of my favorite waves. Can and, you can you give us a uh, a story um, from from Bathsheba that that kind of got you uh, that comes to mind? Maybe um, maybe maybe a wave. Jeez. Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I I've been a lot, and especially when I was younger. But I actually want to. I won a free trip there, like two free tickets to Barbados um, back in the day at this Billabong Surf Series. They had three events. It was like Outer Banks, Virginia, and Maryland. And I ended up winning two tickets. Uh, I gave one to Mark Hunt. So me and Mark Hunt and our other friend, Rue Wall, um, flew down to Barbados. And it was like not, a, you know, we didn't, you didn't like chase swells back then. It was just like, all right, we're going, you know, January. <laughs> Uh, 15th through the 20th, whatever. We we just booked some, some flights way out. Um, we got down there, and the surf was absolutely firing for 10 days straight. The wind was, you know, Sioux Bulls is known for its, like, kind of onshore trade winds, but the wave's still good. But we had south winds the, almost the entire trip. The swell was bombing. It was, like, absolutely flawless Sioux Bulls. There was hardly anyone around. Um, it was really mellow back in the days, you know? Like, there wasn't many surfers in Barbados. Um, and if you stayed out there, it had soup bowls. It was really, you know, you'd get a couple people after work and things like that, but during the day, you could be the only one out there. We just had an absolute 10 out of 10 trip. And, um, like, I don't know, I had really good surfboards, and I felt like my surfing was at, like, a really high level. And uh, Mark Hunt, like, put on a display of like backside surfing at Sioux Bowls that was still to this day, the locals say it's like one of the, the best backside performances they've ever seen at Sioux Bowls. He was going off and um, yeah, it was just a really, really special trip, you know? And we didn't have any cameras, no, no, nothing. It was just like three friends and we just surfed all day, sun up, sun down. 
ate breadfruit with the local boys on the beach. And uh, it was, that one stands out the most. And I've had a lot of incredible trips down there. I've won the Soup Bowls Pro two times. Yeah, like, none of that compares to that one trip with Mark and Ruth. What, what year was that? That was uh, in the late 90s. 90s, yeah, something like that. Incredible. Um, what, can you describe the wave aesthetically? Um, describe Soup Bowls, the wave. It's, um, man, it's just like, it's crazy because if you drive down the coast there, you see all this kind of like, there's not really any setups. You know, you don't see like this giant, oh, there it is. There's this big point, you know, or there's this, you know, perfect headland with this perfect wave. It's like, no, it's just this kind of part of the coast. It's kind of raggedy and rough, but there happens to be this, this little output river that, that created a, a channel in the reef that just enough of a channel and a hole through this reef that created this amazing wave. And it's just this, it has so much push, you know, it's just like, it comes out of really deep water, hits the shelf and the way it just sucks up, it gives you so much glide and speed off the takeoff that you don't have to work for speed at all. And then the way it bends at you. So you can just lay into turns. It's so high performance, but yet it really barrels too. So it's like this wave that throws everything. It has everything to offer. It throws every. <laughs> every kind of section, barrel, you know, at you. Um, so it's just this, I don't know, I, I, you really can't compare it. I mean, I try to compare other waves to Supol, but nah, nothing nothing compares to that. What What is your favorite break in the world, aside from Wrightsville Beach, of course? Um, yeah, besides Wrightsville Beach, I would say um, Ponape, Pea Pass, and Micronesia. It's probably the best wave I've ever surfed in my life, as far as, like, absolute perfection um yeah p-pass would be up there it's just a machine right-hander it's, it's one of the best waves in the world um that would be up there with probably my favorite and then yeah after wrightsville you could say outer banks for sure is up there you know an epic day in the outer banks is um it's hard to beat just the vibe and you know the sand dunes and the, and the raw beauty and it being close to home, it's in the you know in North Carolina. It's always a special place for me. And then um, just down in the Caribbean islands, a lot of fun waves, but it's more the culture and the people, and the food, and uh, just the, the good vibes. There's a um, a lot of, a lot of guys these days. You know, we have uh, our, our our young local boy Mason Barnes, just totally killing big waves. You're not really known for your big waves. You're more known for just like killing that that double overhead kind of below section what what can you speak to to that as far as like your search for your own style of wave yeah and what is it about the the, the wave that you go for yeah um that's a good that's a good question i think um especially nowadays like I, i'm just like really content with average fun waves with good friends you know and just mellow crowds and that that makes me happy you know like it could be a 10 foot best barrel ever at backdoor pipeline and i'm, I'm not really that that doesn't that doesn't drive me to want to surf more or, or like that's not a goal of mine you know like i i just really cherish having great times in the water with good people 
you know that means everything to me that that's like a 10 out that's a 10 for me you know i don't need to go for the biggest wave but um i have so much respect and i'm, I'm such a fan of surfing like i love watching all the big wave stuff what mason has done um and then i love watching all the air guys and all the technical stuff they do i mean i i I love it, you know, and I love watching all the power surfers. I, I love every different style of surfing. I have a lot of respect for everybody, um, no matter if they're, you know, doing kickflips in one-foot waves or they're, you know, towing into 100-foot waves at Nazare. Um, they're all, they're all, they're all just as important as the other. They're all beautiful, and um, yeah, it's nice to have all these different options. You know? how, how do you see? You've been here a long time. You've seen the the progression of the sport. Can you speak to that progression and how how did it happen? And are you just like where, where are you mentally with where it is today and where else can it go? Oh my gosh! I mean, the progression is is unbelievable. Like I, I would have never imagined it. Surfing's where it is now. Like with the wave pools and all that. Um, you know, they're, they're able to like create this exact same air section over and over again. And, you know, these little 10 year old kids are doing backflips and, uh, you know, it's unbelievable where, where, where it's headed in that direction. Um, and, and there's, there's more room. There's, there's always going to be more room for, for, uh, even more progression and, um, the talent nowadays, even the, the women are incredible. I mean, some of these young girls, I'm like blown away what they're doing you know it's just like whoa like there was like if you saw a little girl surfing you know when say when i was a teenager in the 90s it was rare you know and then now it's like wow there's just all these girls that are just incredible they're so talented and it's like they're better than the little boys you know which is unreal so um man it's it's really it's just nothing nothing's impossible you know it's just you just gotta you just gotta know that you know you have it within yourself to to do whatever you want on the wave you know like and these kids will really have a, I guess they have a really open mind and they're yeah they're just they're really pushing it I, honestly I, it, nothing will surprise me now so moving forward into the you know into the future with surfing I, I can I can just say nothing's going to surprise me because the sky's the limit. So let's talk about the wave pool. It's obviously obviously like a humongous turning point in in the sport, and just because it allows access for a whole another population set. And what's going to come out of that is like AI. You don't even know. It's going to be just astronomical. Um, it's also not natural. And you're a man of, of the, the natural world. Yeah. Um, how does that jive in your mind? Um, well, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of wave pools. I mean, I have I've gone to Waco and surfed Waco, and it did surprise that one. That one that one surprised me. It was a lot more fun than I I imagined. Um, the wave had power, and it was just like it was really fun because you're when you're in the water with a group of friends, and you get like the set waves that are like three four waves in a set. You actually feel that, like, um, you feel that camaraderie and, like, um, <clears throat> fun with your friends in the wave pool, which was, like, reminded me a lot of being in the ocean. So that really surprised me. Um, you could actually, like, paddle back out along the wall and watch your friend rip a turn. And, you know, like, that was really cool. Um, 
And it, it's it, look, it's not something that I'm like, oh, I'm going to book Waco tomorrow, or I'm like dying to get to Kelly's pool. Um, I've been invited and I, I didn't go, um, but it was just it was on short notice and uh, you know all those things. But um, I, I, you know, I'm sure I'll get in there one day. Um, but it's not something that's at the top of my list at all. But I do think there is a place for wave pools. I mean, it's going to bring surfing to you know, everyone in middle America or anywhere where there's no ocean, you know, it's going to get people, um, people are going to fall in love with surfing in a wave pool, but they're also going to be super curious about surfing in the ocean. And the first thing they're going to want to do is go on a surf trip because the lifestyle that surrounds surfing is so amazing, you know? So all these people that do learn in a pool, the first thing they're going to want to do, well, they're going to, they're going to learn about the lifestyle beach culture, all those things, and the first thing they're going to want to do is come to a place like Wrightsville Beach, you know, and go and surf and go to Costa Rica and all these places, so um, I think surfing's going through an interesting stage right now, but it's it's uh, it's in a good place, yeah. <laughs> we're doing laps. Yeah, we are. We're, we're, we're totally killing this walk session. I got my workout in. Um, on that note, Pro surfing. Hold on. Let me, let me switch this up. There we go. Nice. So you you were on the W the, the WCT. You were on. You were in the um, the WQS for years. Uh, we you know we, where is pro surfing today? And and what is your kind of outlook on uh, how it's changed? Uh, pros and cons. And what is um, because I, I, you know, looking through the social media, you, you hear a lot of things like, "Oh, um, a lot of there's a lot of hate on it." Um, I, I find a lot of positively just that there's like an NFL type of thing going on for, for surfing, which I think is positive. But like you being one who was in it and also now an observer, uh, what is what is kind of your your take on on that? Um, yeah, I, I, look, there's you know, there's always going to be. You know, people, uh, everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. One thing for certain is that um, competing is extremely hard and not everyone can do it. Like to actually like you're, 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 you're putting yourself out there for the world to see, you know, and you have 25, whatever, 25, 30 minutes to do your best surfing with the world watching. And to be able to do that is extremely extremely hard and that's why there's a very small population on this planet that can compete you know that can that can surf on on a scale on that on that on that scale um so i have so much respect for for all the guys that have qualified and made the tour and all that it's it's uh it's beyond i don't know <laughs> it's uh, it's beyond difficult you know um, so I have, I have so much respect for, for all the competitive surfers that are competing at that, at that level on the championship tour. It's, it's, you know, they're, they're like the 1% or something, you know? Um, so hats off to them and, and a lot of, a lot of respect. Um, and then, you know, also obviously like even just the, you know, you got the, you got the free surfers and the guys that, um, the guys that do just video parts and all that and all that's hard too that's hard work you know people just think oh this guy just you know 
created this video part, but those guys put their heart and soul into those, those, um, you know, those, those, those very like creative projects, you know, and there's a lot that go through, whether it be, you know, professional competitive surfing or free surfing, and all the way down to the, obviously the, the best is the soul surfer, you know, someone that just does it out of the pure, pure love of, uh, riding waves, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. And you can be a mix of all those things too, you know? Um, I think that's what, what's kind of always helped me is that like, the, I, I, I was able to kind of like dabble in all, all the different types of surfing, you know, as far as professional, um, you know, the competitive side, the, the art, more artistic free surf side of things, and then also just straight for the soul. Like the sole purpose of riding waves and being in the ocean and the therapeutical, you know, side of it. Um, I think you can, you can, if you can find a balance of all. What is the, the next, um, well, here's kind of my, my question regarding, uh, your, how you stay in shape. And I'd like to know how, how do you, you know, you're in your, in your mid forties, you're, you know, you're living the clean lifestyle. What are you doing physically to stay on top of your game aside from surfing? Cause you can't have, you know, we, we don't have waves every day. Um, what, what, what's your, what's your game plan? Um, oh man, I, 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 I will, you know, do some sort of workout exercise every single day. I don't really skip a day, you know, um, but I, I enjoy it too. Um, I love going to the gym. Uh, I love hot yoga. I'd say that's probably number one on my list is hot yoga. Um, it's incredible. I'm like, you know, I have, I'm stiff. I'm naturally stiff. <laughs> so I have to work on that every day, stay flexible. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I work out every single day. There's this really, you know, I stay extremely active. I uh, really watch what I eat, what I put in my body. It's huge. Um, and then... Yeah. Let, let's go there for a second. What What is your diet? Uh, my diet, I'm, I'm not vegetarian. I do eat meat, but I, uh, I drink a ton of water. I drink. I have no caffeine. Uh, zero caffeine. Zero caffeine. Well, a little bit. So this is water in your cup right here. No, this is decaf. Okay. Okay. So you like the flavor? <laughs> a little. I do. Every now and then, I do. I'm not a huge decaf coffee drinker, but every uh -huh. now and then, I'll, I'll do it. I, I love. I love the smell of coffee. I like the flavor. Yes. But um, uh, yeah, no caffeine. Was that hard to kick? Uh, yes. I've kicked harder. Harder things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do no caffeine, no alcohol. Um, I try to eat as. Uh, processed sugars as little as possible. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, it's a really big one for me. Processed sugars are terrible. Um, but everyone has a different body type, right? So you got to kind of find what works for you. Um, and I've done a lot of work in that sense too, working with professionals to figure out my body type and what I run best on. Um, I've put a lot of work into that. And um, yeah, I, I, I eat a really, really clean diet. Um, what else? Uh, you know, go to the gym daily, all those things. Um, and also just, yeah, like my mental, mental, the mental health side of things is really important. Um, I, I, I meditate 
uh, make sure I, I take a little time each day to just uh, be grateful and thankful for what, what I have. And What's your style of meditation? Um, I have a couple different styles, actually. <laughs> um, it depends. I, I listen to a lot of different um, meditation like podcasts and stuff like uh, Ram Das. I have ways to, to go within. <laughs> um, there's there's many ways to meditate. You can walk. You can you know do walking meditation. You can lay down. You can sit up. It's not you. Just have, you don't have to just sit in Indian style and you know hold your fingers and like that's one way to meditate. There's there's many ways to meditate. Um, but I do think it's 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 really it's really hard you know, for some people. For me, definitely meditation is tough. But um, I get. I get a ton out of it when I can calm my mind and just completely shut everything down, and that, that's probably been one of the one of the most important things for me. Um, probably one of the healthiest things I've ever done from in my life has been able to just calm the mind. Um, and there's, there's multiple ways to do that, but that's something that I work at too. Um, what else? Sleep. Uh, sleep. So important. I slept terrible for so long. I wasn't getting good sleep at all. Uh, sleep is highly overlooked. Um, even people think they're getting good sleep, but they're not. And uh, when you get real sleep, uh, your body completely restores. You know, uh, especially it's so good for your brain to get good sleep. Uh, so yeah, I take, do, I take some supplements. Do you to, track your sleep? I don't track my sleep. No. You no. feel it. I feel it, yeah. <laughs> yeah do, you, do you think that the meditation uh, helps with your sleep? 100%. 100%. Meditation and sleep go hand in hand. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there's, there's that. What else? I feel like I'm missing. There's so much to there, it. There, there's a, you know, you referred earlier to my swimming program. I, I believe so much in the swimming program. And I'm always shocked that the place isn't packed mm-hmm. when I go. And, and why... why not so many great surfers don't swim. Yeah. And and I as a as a, a great surfer, and, um, I haven't seen it at the pool. Yeah. I, I, would, I would like to. I would kind of like to know what what, what is it? Because it is a, it is a meditation. Yeah. The swimming. Definitely. You know what's interesting is that I, I don't swim when I'm much here at home, but when I'm on the road and I spend a lot of time in the Caribbean, I like swimming is a huge part of my routine there. Really. Um, I bring fins with me sometimes. Uh, mask. I, I love to swim. I love it. It's, it's incredible. And I also do like, um, you know, we hold weight underwater and like do rock runs on the bottom, on the sandy bottom. I love doing that. Um, but yeah, when I spend a lot of time in Dominican Republic and part of my routine there, the days I go to this specific beach that doesn't have much surf and I swim laps. I swim laps and I run the beach. Swim laps and run the beach. That's how I usually end almost every single one of my days when I'm there. Every day at sunset, you can find me at this one specific beach, and I run and swim what laps with the locals. Um, that's that's my, my that, thing. That, that's beautiful. Why um why not a pool when you're not around a, a beach? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not maybe I'm just not much of a pool person, but I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I need to go up there with you. And you need to show me the ropes. I yeah, I mean, I, I personally have my own philosophy around it, and, and I've worked really hard for ten years developing it. And it is it is hard the first uh, you know every day the first thousand meters or right. yards is like yeah. what am I doing can I really go again like mm-hmm. uh, and the meditation though and the the feeling that I get when I leave the the, the building is is nuts yeah. and um, 
I mean, that, that's just a shout out to swimming. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think I think too to, to you know that like goes back to like everybody's different, yeah. you know, and everybody there's there's going to be something that works best for you know different individuals, and I think like you found swimming and that's incredible, and I think a lot of people could could go to swimming and get something great out of it, but if if, if swimming's not for them, there's so many other ways. There's these walking meditations. You could go you know on a trail, a trail walk somewhere, Carolina Beach Park or whatever. And put headphones on and listen to some, you know, some sort of a meditation. Then do a walking meditation. That might be your thing. But you got to keep trying these different modalities to find out what works best for you. Um, just one more second on on the physical fitness. Do you wear anything when you're doing your exercising? You just go up on the feeling. Yeah, I just go on feeling. Yeah, I don't have any sort of a tracker or a watch or anything. I just um, yeah, I just go off feeling. You know, and, and and nowadays I don't, I don't push myself as hard you know like I, I know when to I know how to listen to my body and know like okay some days I don't need to I don't need to go overboard you know what I mean it's consistency is key Cons- it's so all some days you might go hard cardio yeah. other days you might keep a low heart rate yeah. and just work the muscles I mix it up I mix it up and try to do different things I love going for bike rides geez bikes are incredible i love i love riding bikes no matter where i am in the world if there's like a bike rental or something like that i'll jump on a bike and just cruise and listen to tunes i love that you do stationary i do i do stationary i'll I'll, I'll probably at least three five times a week how long are those sessions those sessions are pretty short they're like short hits but i do it at 130 degrees in an infrared sauna Wow. So they're like anywhere from 15, 20 minute hits, but they're at 130 degrees. Incredible. You do that at a gym? Yeah. Hot works here in Wilmington. Hot works. Shout out. Um, Well, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up, Ben. And I I end all the podcasts with a question of what is the meaning of life? We've, we've touched on that. Um, (laughs) You've said the meaning of life is life itself. Um, But before we go, do you want to expand on that? Yeah. Um, Geez, the meaning of life. That's such a big question. Yeah. Everyone's is different. That's such a big one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the meaning of life for me is just, um, I think it's uh, important to live a clean, healthy life and um, and just to share your light to the world, you know? And it doesn't necessarily have to be through uh, a podcast or, um, or you writing about it on Instagram or whatever it is. It can just be just being yourself so the meaning of life to me would be being your true self and letting the world see who you truly are is beautiful thank you for sharing your time with us today ben and and giving your authentic self to the world i uh i know i learned a lot from you today and it really touched me on many different levels and i'm sure those who listen to this podcast in the future you're going to touch them and um where um where can they can they find you? And do you have any uh, sponsors you'd like to shout out? Um, yeah, you can. I mean, I I am on Instagram at Benny Bouge. Um, I'm not very active on there, but I it's mostly just surf stuff, which is cool, you know. Um, I like putting my surfing out. I love love videos, and I love watching other people's videos. It inspires me, you know. Um, but also, um, shout out to uh, Sweetwater Surf Shop, to my family, my family's business here, and opening a new shop across the street, the shed. Um, we're going to be doing rental, beach rentals mainly, and then um, a new earth project. Yeah. Um, other than that, 
P.S. What about the shed? About the shed. Oh. Yeah, give me give me more. Got yeah, you got the, the beanie. <laughs> um, it, uh, the sh- it's the- been through many generations. Yeah, it's a it deep has. location, and I'm I'm really happy to see you guys moving in. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it is. It's a, it's a really special location. Um, it was a, it was actually originally a home. It was a house back in the 1940s, um, and it's it's a legendary spot in Riceville Beach for sure. Um, it's been a number of, of different businesses, and they all have an incredible story, which is really really cool. We've been getting more and more information about that. Uh, we plan to share some of those stories, and um, yeah, it's been I'd say it's been a beach rental shop now for. For a long time, Mike, Mike Kirkley had it, um, Rice Beach Supply Co., and it was bikes and boards, and then Aussie Island took it over, um, and they also did their beach rentals out of there. So we're going to keep it um, very similar to that, beach rentals, but um, we're going to give it a little spin, give it our own vibe. It's me and my sisters um, that kind of just came up with the whole concept and the idea. Um, and yeah, I want people just to have a, a fun place, too, to come and hang. The doors are going to be open for everybody. Um, and we got some surprises too, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, can you tell us any of those surprises? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, like I said, it's, it's the, the, the base is definitely, uh, bikes and boards. Like it's always been beach rentals. Um, and then, um, we're going to have some, I would just say some, you know, some other fun things. That's all I can say right now. Food, drinks? No food, no food. No, 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 no. We'll have some drinks for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just good times. We got some good memorabilia, um, some classic Wrightsville Beach artifacts, and um, yeah, I just I want it to just be a really cool space for the community. You know that the doors are open for everyone, and um, and people can just come and enjoy themselves, and it can be like a little hub, you know, a little meeting spot. And um, I think people will feel a really positive energy when they walk in the door. And um, shout out to a New Earth Project too. They they, they have some, some uh, a pretty cool, unique space in there. Beautiful. That um, they're taking, which uh, I'm really stoked on that. And uh, yeah, the rest is a surprise. When <laughs> when are you opening? Uh, well, we're working on that. It's up to the town of Riceville Beach. You know, we're still working with them. Um, you know, we have a goal to be open before Christmas, but uh, if that doesn't happen, that's okay too. You know, you can't you can't rush a good thing. But uh, we're, we're doing our best. We're in there working every day. I'm walking over there now to do some stuff. I'll actually take you over there if you got time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, yeah, hopefully soon, but we don't actually have a date at the moment. We still don't even have our sign, and we're still, you know, but uh, we, we, we really want to get it open for everyone. Yeah. Awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. This was episode 28, Speaking from Water. Again, I'm your host, Sean Rutke, and we were with Ben Bourgeois, the epic Ben Bourgeois. Thank you again so much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Wherever you're listening at whatever time, I hope you have an amazing day and you find the aesthetic of water that you love so much. Peace.